Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. If you keep talking, I'll leave and you can have it out with the rest of these people. Just a loud mouth. Go ahead. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Wiping down everything again from the Cretans who were here before. All right. Live from Studio C. C-O-V-I-D, senor. A dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound, and today on a uh, hump day, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Hey, kids, good news. Daddy brought home some bat from the lab. Today's general manager, sloppy Chinese scientists. Sloppy Chinese scientists. We're going to talk to a Washington Post reporter about that later. Turn up the music, Michael. This is a party. This is a COVID-19 party we're playing with Avenir. It's in, it's in tournament. It's fun. Um, yeah, we're going to talk to a Washington Post reporter about the uh, the sloppy scientists and where this whole thing may have came, come from later. And a whole bunch of other stuff today. Stuff that's got nothing to do with that, I hope. Yeah, I know. I'm worn out. I don't know about you. Well, tired of the, just the, the dead serious tone of all of it. Yeah. We know. All right. We know. Yeah, and there's just a lot of not new. Um, I mean, like this this story we're going to be talking about later with the WAPO reporter. That's pretty new. Um, where it came from, if it came from uh, sloppy scientists and China's to blame in a different way than we thought before. And that's a new story. But just just the daily drumbeat of numbers, various places, and everything like that. Just I, I get it. I get it. I think. Right, right, and just you know, like unctuous DJs and. Bad radio host saying. Anxious DJs. Yeah, look at them. Uh, just saying, uh, uh, this is unprecedented. We're all struggling. Yeah, we know. We know we're struggling. We can tell by the way we're struggling. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe some people need that. If you need that, uh, well, okay. Seek it out. Um. So so what is kind of the latest theory on China? So it wasn't a weapon. They weren't trying to it wasn't that it's not that conspiracy theory that is a Chinese weapon that got out of the lab, but they're just working on various things in there. Well, yeah, long story short, back in 2018, our state department uh visited a Chinese research facility in Wuhan uh several times and sent two official warnings back to DC about inadequate safety at the lab. What the lab was doing, friends, was conducting risky studies on coronaviruses from bats. And so, yeah, our guys uh, wired back to D.C. saying, these guys are doing, their their safety protocols are, are way dialed back, and they're doing some dangerous stuff with coronaviruses. And this could lead to a global pandemic. Mm. Well, well, it could, but that's unlikely. And uh, and as we were saying yesterday, that makes it uh, makes even more sense of why they did the crazy stuff they did when it broke out, jailing scientists and journalists disappearing, probably being killed, that sort of thing, because it was a screw up by the, ch- the communist Chinese government. Well, right. The theory at the time, including my theory at the time, and and it never quite fit to me. You know, is that uh, pair of shoes you order online? You should have returned, but you didn't. Uh, it didn't quite fit, but. The theory was the Communist Party was responding not very well to it uh, locally, 
And so the local officials decided to cover it up. Uh, because that does happen in communist systems all the time. But I thought, well, that's not that strong. I mean, it's an unprecedented uh, outbreak of a brand new disease. I'm surprised they're taking the ass covering that far, but I attributed it to, you know, the way communist regimes work. But no, you're absolutely right. Now I get why you would engage in a huge, brutal, you know, many fatalities deep cover up because your, your crappy, crappy government labs let this thing loose. Yeah, and if you're trying to pull off this look that you're the, you're the new superpower, you're the new country to gravitate toward because you got it so dialed in at every level, that that doesn't that doesn't help your look. Yeah, yeah, this is your like your high containment lab that you see in the TV or the movies with everybody in their hazmat suit and except in and, China they're in shorts and flip flops and leaving the doors open on a nice day, that sort of thing. Right, got a book leaving the door open because it's a pain to unlock it with your ID card and the rest of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unbelievable. And uh, Trump, so we're, we're pulling our money out of the World Health Organization, and apparently a lot of world leaders are going crazy. How dare you? The world needs to come together during this time, and the World Health Organization now more than ever needs the blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if they're all paid off by China or they're all commies or they're all the stupid or what it is. Well, they're reflexively anti-Trump, opposite of Trump. Okay. So whatever he's for, they're against. The the guy who runs the U.N. said, now is not the time to be pointing fingers. What? (laughs) What? The WHO has been pointing fingers at us saying we're the problem and China is the country we should all look to for advice. Look, uh, we can't go to ball games. We can't play golf. We're bored. We want to point fingers, all right? That's, that's the new national pastime, and we're pointing them at you. It's the only sport we got going. Right. Um, and then what's that list you had, Sean? I like the sound of the list you had. Oh, the, oh hello. Where's my... He's been Where's silenced. There it is. Uh, the, the most played songs of the last decade. There you go. There is a single song from the 90s on this list. And there is from the '90s, but in the last decade. Yes, it was. It was huh. played the most in the last decade. Is actually the 40th most played song of the last decade. It is from the 1990s, and there is no chance anyone would guess it. Cool. You know, we got to get on the air more often, Michael, because I hear it all the time. My kids love it. Their friends love it. It is ubiquitous among uh, a certain crowd. Is that? I, I'm not playing Baby Shark. It's that Dance Monkey song. Oh, okay. Oh my God. I, 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 we played it with the day it came out because it's like the most downloads in one day in the history of the world or something like that. It came on the radio uh, when my son was doing his birthday party several weeks back, and everybody in the in the car was singing along, and they were just th- thrilled with it. And then I started to notice that uh, back when you could go places, it was coming out of speakers everywhere. What a weird song that is. What a mm. weird hit. What a weird phenomenon. It's got to make real musicians crazy that that's uh, that the, the, the sort of thing is such an earworm. Am anyway, I going to be a dancing monkey? Um... It brings the children to their feet for some reason. I don't know what that is. Um, let's introduce everybody in, the, everybody in the squad Child. to get going. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. You know, I find, um, based on all the high-quality Chinese products I've bought over the years, <laughs> this idea that they would be sloppy with their labs to be shocking. You yeah. know, it's just... Is not like them. China does make a lot of crap, and I, I've been complaining about that for years. I was the leader on that. I wish we'd stop buying cheap Chinese crap that's worthless, pay a little more for something that's better. But yeah, they everything they do, not everything they do, but a lot of what they do is so crappy. I had the choice between a $19 item on the, on the Internet the other day and the $48 original. 
And your words echoed in my ears, Jack. I thought, why would I buy that, have it break, tear, uh, and then buy another one? And then, no, I'm just going to buy the good one. Well, it's I'm been buy doc- the American made one. It's been documented by economists. It's actually cheaper to buy the good one in the long run. Um, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Now, it's it's hard to appreciate where you are unless you ha- have an understanding of where you've been. That's why I often uh, check out this day in history uh, as pre-show stuff just to see, hey, what else happened over the course of history uh, on this day, as the name would suggest. Um, <laughs> and uh, today... If your item from history doesn't help me understand where I am, I'm going to call you on it. Wow. No, t- it that was your premise. No, because th- this is not a, a single thing. My point about today is today is an action-packed... I mean, just gen- sometimes, sometimes oh. the only thing that happened right. today was, you know, the canned soup was patented or, yeah. or some random thing like that. Sure. Um, uh, but th- So Jackie Robinson breaks the color barrier. Oh. Um, let's see, scrolling down. Uh, A man the, of incredible grace and courage, yes. Uh, the Titanic sank. Pol Pot, really? The, 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 if you stopped there. Yeah. That's huge. Pol Pot died and Lincoln died. All on this day. Oh, yeah. It's April. Yeah. It's, they shot go. each other in a duel. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> Little known fact. Um, uh, yeah. Wow, that's all good stuff right there. And um, uh, it's, it's, it ought to be tax day, right? Well, Lincoln oh, right. was, and Lincoln was on the Titanic, and that's what—that's how that whole thing ended, right? Dueling with Pol Pot. Yeah, on the deck. it occurred oh. to me last night that this is the first April fourteenth where I haven't been sweating something like of my entire adult life because they—they uh, they moved it off to June. Now I don't have to, or July. When is it? I don't have to sweat it till then. Probably should figure that out. How does? Uh, uh, well, anyway, we're done with that. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, April fifteenth. Normally tax day, but it's not the year twenty twenty. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. Today I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted. That is so reasonable. That is so incredibly not a crazy thing to do. But as usual, some people are portraying it that way. So whatever. We can talk about that later. Uh, Mailbag look. Outstanding. A-plus. A-plus mailbag. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. An A-plus today in history and an A-plus mailbag. Great inflation. That's really something. All on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. This song gets into your bones, you can't get it out. Well, keep it out of my bones. It's possible the corona came out of this monkey. This dance monkey. <laughs> it hops species from a dance monkey to a bat. Yeah, that song was number one in 30 countries at the same time. It's just some sort of record or something. I don't know. My kids cannot get enough of dance monkey. And it's just the same thing over and over. It's the same beat, like you're at a rave all night long. Anywho, um... Uh, Can I go, honey? Can Steve? we go? <laughs> I don't want to be at this rave any longer. How'd you get invited? That's that's the question. Yeah, and it was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> He's old and bitchy. Why'd you invite him? Uh, mailbag. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. From Thomas Paine. Sent along by Steve. Good choice, Steve. 
What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Wow. I think I've been. But what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. That's a that's a great saying. Never mind the freedom stuff. Yeah, and that applies to so many things in life. And if you're born into freedom and prosperity, you esteem it too lightly. You think, well, you take it as if it were granted. I've never heard esteem used in that way. I like that. Yeah, you know, the, the, the founding papas had some absolutely brilliant thoughts that, that you almost want like a new English translation to them so folks can really appreciate the brilliance and not get hung up on the verbiage. But. Well, yeah, but it applies to a lot of things. If you, uh, well, I don't know. I've never had a car given to me, but I've got to assume if a car is given to you, it doesn't have the same feeling as if you uh, like worked your hind end off to buy this piece of crap, but it's your piece of right. crap. Right. The first professional quality bass guitar I ever had as a uh, you know bassist all my life uh, was on layaway for six months in a music store. And I would scrape together, you know, 20, 50, 100 bucks caddying and working as a busboy, whatever I was doing at the time. I can't remember at that age. I wasn't busboy and I was just caddying. And I would, I would bring the money. I would schlep the money to the music store and they would, you know, mark off a little more money. And I, I still, I look at that thing. I love it today. It's an inanimate object, but I love it because I worked so hard for it. That's just the way humans are. Uh, let's see. Special shout out to Jason in construction and his wife, the RN. Uh, she's new to the show. He turned her on to it. Now she's addicted. Uh, really charming note just came in. Nice to hear from you. Also, uh, she's an RN, so I'll ask if she has any hot friends for Positive Sean. Hey, now. <laughs> what? How'd that work in? <laughs> Don't question it. <laughs> dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Maybe you can meet a nice uh, nice nurse, Sean, and dance to that stupid song. Dance for me, dance oh, for me, Lord. dance for me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what's, is that's got to be kind of scary these days. What, what's a shift like? You do like a 12 on, 12 off thing? That's oh crazy. Boy. The trying to have the conversation while dancing is the, uh, I'm is sorry, the, what? Is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sean at the disco ought to be a regular feature. I really <laughs> like your shoes. You, <laughs> you want another drink? <laughs> and now that one's looking a little empty. <laughs> Uh, let's see, moving along. Nice note from Jason in Montana here. I was shocked to hear that you guys have never been arrested, even for something minor. I know. I told my then 16-year-old stepson to do two things in life before he turned 18. Get in a fight and get arrested. I if you know what those two things feel like, you'll never be afraid or intimidated to stand up for yourself or defend yourself. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's an interesting one. I, I, like I've said before, I would like to have had the experience. I think there'd be a ton of uh, a wealth of information emotional legal everything that would come out of being arrested but you know <laughs> i don't know that i actually want to do whatever i would have to do to get to get arrested yeah well I, I i said i'd never been arrested i didn't say i'd never deserved to be arrested oh no 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 i've i've deserved to be arrested multiple times in my life but i still don't know that that any of them would have been you know a, a positive had i actually been arrested <laughs> oh yeah arrested's the fun part arrested and convicted is the inconvenient part and as far as fighting goes <clears throat> i'm i'm a, a diplomat more than a fighter but i have uh, thrown dogs on a number of occasions in my younger days and the second to last time i threw a punch in anger my hand swelled my left hand swelled up to twice its normal size it was grotesque i did some sort of damage to the ligaments or something and i thought I'm just not cut out for this. Boxing gloves aren't there to protect the other guy's face. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Thank you, Sean. Do you have the music available? Oh, no. I see your hand! 
hand's really swollen. What happened? <laughs> I, got like, a, I got in a fight <laughs> with the guy. He's a buddy of mine, actually, but we lost our temper. <laughs> Are you always swollen like this? That's not a good line. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, do we have time for this? Yes, we do. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, this could be the final note from the world of Tiger King, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Henry from beautiful Moraga, California. I watched Tiger King, and while fascinated by this docudrama of the people of Walmart, uh, when they are not in a Walmart, I couldn't understand how it drew so much national focus. Then it struck me while standing in the shower. Tiger King is a microcosm of our current political environment. If Joe Exotic were to play the part of Trump and Carol Baskin were to play Nancy Pelosi or any other Democratic Party member of the media, it would have the same level of discourse. Both sides are nutty, not quite hinged, and not constrained by reason. Just an observation. Well, I don't know if I agree with you entirely there, Henry, but glad you enjoyed the show. Speaking of animals, a nice note from uh, Bonnie and Phoenix. Phoenix Zoo animals are said to be depressed because they're missing interaction with humans. Can this actually be a thing? Now I've heard it all. And the, I had I had heard not missing. I'm sorry, I had not heard that. There's a zoo in Germany where they're starting to feed, feed the cheaper animals to the more expensive animals. Oh, uh, stop it! They're low on uh, chow and money and stuff. Yeah, mm. we got a bunch of otters. Give an otter to the lion. I Do guess. they just open the cages? <laughs> let the animals figure it out. Let's get it on. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In two weeks, if we see a continued decline, not just flattening, but a decline in hospitalizations and ICUs, uh, and we see this workforce and the infrastructure and PPE needs met as we anticipate around May, uh, first week in May, to start seeing the benefits and fruits of that. Ask me the question then, and we will be in a very different place where we could be more prescriptive on giving people timelines. I know you want the timeline, but we can't get ahead of ourselves a dream of regretting. Let's not make the mistake of pulling the plug too early as much as we all want to. That's the governor of the biggest state, California. I watched his uh, press conference slash tutorial yesterday. I, I struggled to watch it. It was it was dry. It was very dry. They really need to mix in some showbiz values, which you'd think it would be easy in California. Uh, it was it was pretty detailed though and pretty smart, and I liked it. But the one thing that bothered me, and it's funny, Chris in San Francisco uh, wrote us a note on a couple of topics and included this line: "When it comes, uh, I got to learn to do Gavin Newsom. His voice is always really scratchy." When it comes to reopening, science, not politics, must be California's guide. What, what Everybody say, what, what is that argument? Who is that against? What is that against? Science, not politics. Because I'm always hearing politics on the TV, calling for everything. To, what are, is that like the Trump just wants it open to help the economy right, narrative? Right. But if that kills 175,000 people, that's pretty bad politics. <laughs> I mean, isn't that like saying, I'm going to run away from this lion because I'm afraid it's going to eat me, not because of politics. <laughs> I don't understand what they're arguing against. Hey, just, Jeez. Can you play me the one little clip just because I want to hear uh, number eight? What was he talking about there? 
We're talking about uh, having a, a fever check before you walk in, uh, wearing face coverings, having a waiter uh, with gloves and potentially disposable uh, menus. Trying to picture picture the restaurant scene. So waiter with gloves and a mask. I don't know if that's going to seem that edible and enjoyable. I don't ever go to restaurants. The other thing anyway, I so. hear him talk about is you know some percentage of table reduction. Yeah, and r- restaurant margins struggle to stay open at full capacity, right? Like the, yes. the margins of restaurants are so thin. I don't know if they can operate at half capacity. You're absolutely right, PS. Unless uh, the the prices are just sky high. Right, right, right. But again, well, you know what? I was going to say a politician who has no idea how private enterprise works, but Gavin was a restaurateur. So he oh, yeah. ought to know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, oh, yeah. you should know that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a yeah. businessman. So I don't ever eat out but um, uh, because of lifestyle mostly, but um, is it going to be enjoyable to go and have somebody take your temperature at the door wearing a mask and gloves? As always, depends how. And you're wearing a mask, and then you go sit down, and somebody with a mask and gloves comes to your table, and, or does that kind of... Well, clearly you're going to have to push aside that mask to take a bite. So right. Is that going to weird out work? the vibe? Yeah, I I think I could get used to it if the uh, victuals are yummy, Mm. but it will be weird at first. So speaking of the the return to normalcy, and we mentioned this the other day late in the show, and I wanted to get it in front of you early risers, you you up and atoms, because you're so much sharper than our late in the show listeners. We talk so much slower in the fourth hour of the show. Yeah, we literally have... Coming up next. (laughs) We keep... uh, It's a list of 125 words. That's all we use in the last hour of the show, because, yeah, well, those people. Anyway, so uh, three different think tanks have unleashed proposals for how to get back to normal. And this is not only interesting because it's a blueprint for maybe how we get the economy geared back up and get back to our usual lives, but it exposes so many just really interesting differences from a political-slash-psychological point of view. For instance, the American Enterprise Institute, uh, which is a conservative, you know, pro-business think tank, is talking about, let's continue the lockdown for about 14 days as of when they released it, so about to May 1st. Um, that seems uh, to be a number that it's being coalesced around based on things I'm uh, watching. Yeah, agreed. And and we have to have uh, the ability to test 750,000 people for week, uh, per week. Um, that's the the very basic of it. The Center for American Progress, which are is a liberal think tank, tanks, nerdly, is calling for a minimum 45-day lockdown. So June 1, and then a digital surveillance system for contact tracing. An obligatory system of digital surveillance. Okay, so that's a little friendly toward uh, the Chinese way of doing things. Then you have the Harvard plan. This is your academics. And I want you to know, I'm, I'm going off an article from a non, uh, it's, it's not like the Daily Caller that I'm reading from. The Harvard plan is a three-month lockdown, millions of daily tests, which is unachievable, uh, and digital surveillance, obligatory digital surveillance. Uh, getting a little more into detail. So the American Enterprise Institute uh, says uh, we're in phase one right now. AEI envisions individual states moving one by one into what it calls phase two, a period in which social distancing requirements are relaxed but not eliminated. For instance, gatherings would be limited to less than 50 people. Those over 60 or with health risk factors would still be encouraged to isolate at home, but the majority of schools, universities, and non-essential businesses could reopen. 
Uh, work from home if it's possible and you can still be productive because it can't hurt. That would be phase two. And how we get into phase two is when your state reports a sustained reduction in cases for at least 14 straight days, which is one incubation period for this monster. And local hospitals are safely able to treat everybody who needs it um, without, like, you know, having people in broom closets. That all sounds reasonable. Where do I sign up? Uh, let's see. So lots and lots of testing is important, and also contact tracing would, would happen. Um, uh, rapid testing at clinics and pharmacies. I'm seeing if there's anything else. Nah, that's just unnecessary. Well, it's, it's, it's necessary detail, but you don't need to hear it. Now, the Center for American Progress, which was started by Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, John Podesta, uh, wants a minimum of 45 days lockdown. The report speaks glowingly of the dramatic steps taken by the Chinese government at the source of the pandemic, where in some cases families were physically locked into their apartments from the outside. Let's see. The CAP report. Seems like a fire hazard. <laughs> Jeez, no kidding. Well, this, this is a quote. China's lockdown was enormously successful in suppressing transmission. In China, a lockdown of two months achieved near zero transmission. Yeah. Although the government does not count asymptomatic positive cases. Uh, I heard yesterday that uh, some scientists believe China has had a hundred times as many cases. And deaths, as they've claimed. That wouldn't surprise At me. At least a hundred times. But Podesta's outfit is, is quoting them uh, seriously. It also doesn't surprise me that when you weld people's doors shut and uh, announce you'll shoot them if you see them on the street, that you get pretty good social distancing. Well, that's a method praised by the Centers for American Progress. In order to enter their version of Phase 2, where social distancing rules are relaxed, CAP also calls for widespread testing randomized surveillance testing, and instantaneous contact tracing. That means a nationwide digital surveillance system that tracks the movements of every citizen using cell phone location data. I read that Gavin Newsom says you're not allowed to come out of your home until you sign a contract that says you believe in global warming. What? That's what's really? going to happen. You have to sign a contract that says, I fully, I fully accept man-made global warming, and then you're allowed to come out. <laughs> it's a good... It's a good uh... It's a good stick is to that, get what you is, want. It's difficult to tell what's parody these days. Is that is that <laughs> that is that is made up? Okay, that is that is, that is fictional. Uh, I, I, well, I could see it being in the fine print somewhere. That's true. That's yeah. absolutely true. So, and then the Harvard plan is not even worth discussing. It is it is what we're always saying. It is a bunch of academics getting together, scratching on the board there at the front of the room, and concocting plans that would die in the first hour of exposure to sunlight. Yeah, I don't know how they put this together, but it sounds like the classic to me where you, you, come, you come up with a couple of scenarios to choose from, and you come up with one that's way out there, so you get something a little closer to it. Uh, is that what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Like well, when they I present war plans to a president, you know, you have one that is obliterate them, and but what you're hoping for is the one a little short of that. And uh, their their paper uh, says that in order to reduce reduce the risk of repeat lockdowns in the fall, a 90 day lockdown should be spent building a massive digital surveillance system for contact tracing and capacity for millions of tests a day. Uh, blah, 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 uh, isolating vulnerable population. The paper proposes that anyone who proves immunity due to surviving the virus would be allowed out of quarantine on the condition that they volunteer to join a medical reserve corps to fight the pandemic. So this was written, because we did this last week, didn't we? So this is uh, at least a week old. Because um, there's a lot more information now about the various countries and states and how they've tried it. And it doesn't, it, it seems to be 
that the level of social distancing that you need to have to accomplish the flattening of the curve is not near to the extent of chasing people down the beach who are jogging and all that sort of thing. People kind of do it on their own when they get afraid of catching this disease. And if we all stay away from each other and and we don't have schools and we don't have gatherings, that seems to be enough social distancing. I don't understand why we can't open most things back up. Schools don't open. You don't have ball games. You don't have anything like that. We all wear masks. And we stay away from each other and we wipe stuff down. I think that's enough social distancing. I think at this point, and this is a beautiful example of how government works and government programs work, having ushered in these programs with more or less the consent of the people, they're permanent until the government officials say they're not, even though they're draconian and, and, and incredibly, you know, they're, they're stomping on our constitutional rights and the rest of it. We all understand why, or at least a lot of us understand why. But now it's it's in their court, and so they're not going to risk damaging their political futures or being seen as unwise or stupid or whatever by lifting these draconian measures. So it's gone from the consent of the governed to do this to now the consent of the politicians to lift it. And they're being extremely cautious. Almost certainly to a point where the American people are going to say, screw this, this is stupid. And it will, I suspect in a lot of places, it will crumble from lack of uh, cooperation instead of some grand pronouncement from on high that it's okay and we can go about our business. So Roger Stone, I don't know if you remember him from the whole impeachment debacle and has a Nixon tattoo on his back. He believes Bill Gates created the coronavirus to microchip people. That's among the things we can talk about. Okay. Among the wacky things we can talk about. Did you get your check? What are you going to do with it? As checks still show up in people's accounts, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Once I withdraw $200 out of my account, I looked at the available balance that was still left in my account, and apparently my account had $8.2 million in it. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? I ran the card again and again. $8.2 million. I was like, man, something's up with this. I said, hey, what kind of truck are you buying me? There's a if guy you don't cash out and disappear into the, uh, you know, the exactly. South Sea Islands, you're a fool. There's a guy who checked for his stimulus check, and it turned out some people are getting $8 million uh, uh, in their accounts, it would, it would seem. So uh, check your account to see if you get $8 million. <laughs> you know, you, you catch me on the right day, and that's what I do. I spend it on something. <laughs> Most days, probably not. But you catch me on the right mood. I'm out, see. <laughs> well, see you in Mexico. It'll end badly. I'll end my land. Yeah, yeah but it would be it'll a be fun, fun until it does. It would be a fun Come ride. Come and get me, and then I'll sell the rights later. I don't know. I'll figure that out. Learning right, to... or get a decent lawyer who gets sure. it down to half. So you got, you know, whatever, your Mexican <laughs> hondo condo for half price. I'm learning to fly my plane as I head to Mexico in the air. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how what, the, what knobs do what. You know, well, now with the uh, the post-9-11 crap, it'd be hard to get that much cash or, or a cashier's check or whatever. Yeah. They'd have to report it to various government uh, agencies. I'd walk in a with a monocle saying, I'm closing my account. Exactly. <laughs> That'd fool them. 
You could buy something, though. If it's in your account, you could buy something online pretty easily, couldn't you? Just transfer it out of there? That would have been instantly Bitcoin. <laughs> something oh. super expensive. Good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once it goes to Bitcoin, then it's hard, that's hard to get. Then you've changed your name and you've... Uh, uh, I am Johnny Bitcoin at that point. <laughs> yes, I've burned off my uh, my uh, fingerprints. I've melted them <laughs> off my fingers. I've gotten some sort of facial surgery. Exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll get to woman's love for a chandelier deemed not a sexual orientation coming up in a moment. Yeah, beautiful. So when I was like 16, I was heading out to some church conference or something. I was going out of town. And I stopped in the drive through of my bank back in the day with the pneumatic tubes and everything. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And, 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 you know, I was a penniless lad, but I, you know, I, I worked in, and they gave me an extra $20. Mm. I was withdrawing, I think, 35 and they gave me 55 And I thought, oh, my God. I didn't notice till I was out of town. I thought, oh, my God, I've struck it rich. I've struck it rich. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And then Monday rolls around. I'm back in town. I get a phone call. Hi, this is local bank. Uh, we gave you an extra $20. And I'm like, what? Sorry, wrong number. Click. Nope. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. How did, how did you figure that out? <laughs> Yeah, no, you didn't. Switch prove that you did. I never Liars. got it. Because I didn't get it. Wasn't in the tube when it got to me. Must be a tube gremlin. <laughs> so, uh, if you already uh, hated Ticketmaster and StubHub anyway, so now you're going to hate them more, you will not be getting a refund for tickets purchased for live shows this year, even though they've all been canceled. Ticketmaster has changed its policy so as not to offer refunds for events that are postponed or rescheduled. And there are thousands of them, from sporting events to concerts, obviously. The company's website previously stated refunds were available for postponed, rescheduled, or canceled events. It's now changed their policy, and so, no, we're not. There you go. What do you get, like, credit or something? I mean, they can't just keep the money. Ticket reseller StubHub is facing the same criticism after they've changed their refund policy also. We all, we all hated those companies anyway, right? Because you buy a, uh, a $40 ticket and it ends up costing $62 because of the handling and whatever charge they claim it is. Well, I, Processing I charge. Them. It's a computer. The computer processed it in an instant. Nobody did anything. Why'd it cost 20 bucks? I love these companies because they may be a subsidiary of a company we work for. So mm-hmm. they, I think they're terrific. But they've got to give you credit, obviously. Uh, and a woman's love for a chandelier deemed not a sexual orientation. Apparently, there is a limit. A British woman who claims to be in a long-term relationship with a 92-year-old chandelier has been told that her love affair with the antique fixture is not a protected sexual orientation. She claims she had been publicly discriminated against after uh, she was mocked for having a relationship with historic light fixtures. <laughs> That's a good one. It's hard to imagine anybody would mock you for that. Surely that's trying to push it to the, uh, the, the, the ridiculous extreme to make a point. She, She's off to take a service horse on an airplane now. She bought this nearly 100-year-old light fixture on eBay for 500 bucks and uh, fell in love with it, apparently. Um. So I think our headline here really is mentally ill people have access to the Internet. She's identified as an objectum sexual which we have read huh? about through the years. That's oh, yeah. people that are sexually attracted to objects and not people. We've talked about, wasn't there a guy that was had uh, was sexing up his Volkswagen? Wasn't that a, that was oh, like yeah. a learning channel show or something. 
Right, right. My Lover the Car or something. I think it was a what, series. What yeah. were they teaching? <laughs> On the Learning Channel? Yeah. Like, You're you learning that people are freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah, you learn that the world is full of freaks. And you learn how commerce works. And if you watch these freaks and we sell commercials in between, we make money. That's what you're learning. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't realize that was the name of it. Objectum sexual. That is somebody, if you're in love with a lamp or a car or whatever it is. Um, Looking good over there, Magnavox. <laughs> There's four orientations. You like dudes. You like chicks. You like both. Or you're nuts. Those are the four choices. It's the only ones. Objectum sexual place. This woman has a history with the media. Even before the, uh, the the lamp came into her life, it had been reported that when she was in her mid-30s, she had engaged in a romance with the Statue of Liberty. No, you didn't. Which is... Uh... <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> She's either a, <laughs> All right. a, a nut or a publicity hoe or both. All I right. think, as I read, I think she's the first. Publicity, uh, the publicity hoes, I don't really have that much time for, but I think she's a full-on, this is a different kind of crazy that I had not read about before. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Learning Channel will be looking her up soon. 92-year-old chandelier. Eh, she's not it's an very sparkly. Appreciate that. Um, things that are going to change forever, yet another one of those lists out, and I think they're dead on on what ain't going to come back out of this whole weirdo crisis we're in, among other yeah. things we're going to talk about. And be glad you don't live in the third world. Also, a late-night joke-off. Oh, I'm yeah. Not, oh, and I'm sorry I left off the breaking news. There's been a big endorsement of old man Biden. Yes! 